Welcome to the fifth uh, talk this year sponsored by Tiger, the Taiwan Institute for Government and Education Research. Um, this is the fifth talk sponsored by Tiger, but uh, this is the first talk uh, of a series of talks delivered by Professor Justin Kulak. Um, who is uh, you know, visiting the tiger for the next three months. And uh, I expect this will be the beginning of a series of uh, discussions and hopefully uh, we are going to develop a long-term research project together. Okay. And uh, uh, let me uh, briefly introduce Professor Justin Bullock. Uh, Professor Burke earned his PhD from Administration Policy from University of Georgia in 2014. So as you can see, Professor Burke is very young, but already extremely productive. Um, and uh, uh, Professor Burke currently is Assistant Professor of uh, Administration Policy in the Texas A&M University, the George Bush uh, school. Um, here's a, a research focusing not just on administration public policy, but also on artificial intelligence, um, digital governance, and digital discretion. So, as you see, this is a very uh, hot topic, and uh, I guess when we are discussing the uh, research project together, Suddenly, I realized I'm really getting old and uh, like far, far behind. Okay, so I myself have lots uh, to learn and to catch up. So let's give a warm welcome to Professor Justin Block. So uh, today we're going to talk about a different aspect of my research uh, than artificial intelligence and artificial discretion, but we'll, you'll get a little bit on that as well. And I'm hoping to take about 45 minutes to an hour and then leave plenty of time for discussion and questions at the end. So the title for today's talk is International Comparisons of Public and Private Employees, or Why Do People Work for Public Departments? Again, my name is Justin Bullock, uh, and as Professor Hall mentioned, I'm Assistant Professor at the Public Service and Administration Department at the Bush School of Government and Public Service at Texas A&M University. So I wanted to start by a few words of thanks. Uh, first, thanks to Professor Wong for hosting me this summer and um, for the invitation to come spend some time with you all uh, in Taiwan over the course of the next few months. Thanks to the Tiger uh, Institute uh, for the fellowship this summer and for to National Shangxi University for both its prominent focus on governance, which is a topic of great interest and importance to me, and public service training. And thanks to all of you for taking time um, on your Wednesday around lunchtime to spend with us as part of the talk. So as Professor Wong mentioned, uh, I have a number of research interests. What you'll see today are some of my earliest research interests looking at how people within the public sector are motivated. Uh, up until these projects, there were most of the studies were on single countries, and what you'll see is we bring together between 25 and 32 different countries to see how the individuals in those countries report being motivated, their beliefs, 
their rewards, how they think about being public servants, and how that compares to people working in the private sector. Um, my research focused on decision-making more broadly and decision-making specifically in administrative organizations. Um, my dissertation, which was one of my earliest interests in decision-making, uh, looked into work calls as errors. Um, and this was uh, some work on, in particular, improper payments and insurance programs, social insurance programs. And we had some really nice data that allow us to look and see what are the determinants, what are the causes of mistakes and errors made in government. The third uh, research interest is what we're going to see today, today's focus of this talk, which is motivation of public employees. So what motivates them is can we find some similar trends across different cultures, across different nations, across different levels in government, or is, it, is that not the case? Is there more similarities with individuals in the private sector and this distinction across public and private, is it important or is it not when you look at a wide array of countries? Again, a lot of these studies before the work I showed you today in the literature uh, really focused on one country, and so we were interested in these are more globally situated. And as Dr. Long mentioned, uh, it will be the talk, uh, the topic of one of the future talks that I'll be giving here this summer. I've gotten really interested in artificial intelligence and digital discretion, and the ways that these new information communication technology tools, these tools of prediction, are shifting how we think about discretion and how public servants and public actors make decisions and uh, provide services and benefits to constituents. And so we'll be talking about that a little later in the summer. Okay, so today's talk will uh, focus specifically on the motivations, uh, attitudes, and beliefs of public employees and whether they're different from private employees. I'll spend some time talking about three of uh, my published works with co-authors on these topics going back from to 2014 up through uh, last year, 2018. But before I lay that out for you, I want to uh, pose a question to you. Here at uh, National Shanghai University, uh, the focus is on government and public service. And I'm making the assumption that a lot of you in the room maybe want to go be public servants from your time here. Right? And so my question to you is, why are you here? Um, other than to get to spend an hour with us today talking about these topics. Not specifically why are you in this room, but why are you attending National Shenzhi University? What motivates you to want to study governance what motivates you to want to work for public departments or work in public service? And so I actually want you to take just a moment, and an awkward moment of silence from the speaker's perspective, and I want you to think of three or four of defining reasons or motivations in your own life as to why you think this is a, a career that's interesting for you. If it's not what you're interested in, if you're choosing to work in the private sector, um, also think and reflect on why that's a choice for you. What is it about these sectors that might draw your attention to them? So I'm going to give you about 15 seconds to make just a mental list of three or four motivations, three or four reasons why you want to work for uh, government if you want to work for government, or why you want to work for private sector if that's what you would like to do. We've had a moment to get a couple of those in your head. And um, what might some of these motivations be? So one, and one we talk about literally, we're going to talk about today, is maybe 
you have this really altruistic desire, you really want to help others, you want to serve others. It might be that you really care about improving your world. I think in the modern context, a lot of these things are seen as idealistic and naive and not true motivations, but as you'll see today, I, I think maybe this is, uh, is wrong. I think people actually care about improving their world and choose to work in government. Maybe, like all people, you care about resources and you care about money. Nobody wants to do this for free. You want to be able to support yourself, pursue your hobbies, spend time with friends and family. So to some degree, I imagine you care about money as well. One of the other things that shows up in the literature that you might care about as a professor who's going up to get promotion and tenure, hopefully this next year, is job security. Often it's harder to be fired in a government job, and so people who seek out public sector employment, they like that. They like knowing that next year, and the next year, and the next year, they're likely to be working for the same organization. Whereas in the private sector, often this is a little less uh, of a tenuous relationship. Maybe you care about good retirement benefits. Um, in the U.S., for example, the retirement benefits for public sector employees and for uh, lots of countries are significantly better than those in the private sector. Now you have a defined benefit plan, you have better health care. A lot of people choose to go work, uh, particularly in municipalities in the U.S., because they're not going to get rich doing it, but they know they'll have health care, they know they'll have benefits. In the U.S., we don't have universal health care, so this is something we have to care about. Um, but these sort of secondary benefits other than money might be a motivation for you. One other, and this is going to be the focus of the first study that uh, I introduced to you today, maybe uh, not just helping others broadly, but maybe you care about remedying injustices. Maybe you look out at the world and you say, you know, the world isn't a just place. People don't always get what they deserve. It doesn't matter if they work hard or not. Some people are just kind of... Uh, uh, some people are just have bad luck, right? They've had a bad circumstance. I mean, there people that were born to a family where there was a lot of abuse, or people who've had uh, children that were friends that have had really tough time. These things come along, and they're kind of independent of whether or not you're out there trying to work hard, right? And maybe that's something that motivates you. Maybe love of your country. Maybe there's this idea that you're committed to the mission, committed to the organization of your government. Maybe you're patriotic. Maybe you want to see your government thrive. Another thing that we uh, know of is that people often go into occupations that their parents went into. As a young uh, person still, and even as a young person, I didn't want to hear this. I didn't want to hear that I was anything like my parents. I wanted to do exactly the opposite of what they did. But my dad owned a small business through, owned a small business through most of his life. So in college, I went and did the same thing, right? There's also a rich history in lots of countries of uh, different classes of professions. So if this is something that your parents did, they worked in public service and public works, maybe that's one thing that motivates you to work in, in these organizations. You might have thought of some others on your own as well. Anybody want to volunteer one that I didn't mention? I'll have a try. So where do these motivations come from? Where do your motivations come from? I know a lot of times I think we have this idea that, uh, at least this is again common in the US in my own personal context, that I just came up with all my motivations on my own. I'm my own independent person, independent of who I was born to, independent of my country. I decided on my motivations all by myself, right? And this isn't really necessarily true. A lot of things influence our motivations. So I'm going to give you just a moment again, uh, five or 10 seconds, to think about 
some things that you think might have influenced you. What caused you to have your motivations? Whether your motivations, again, are to make a lot of money, to serve others, uh, to have a prestigious job, to have a safe job. Some combination of things influenced you so that those were your motivations. So again, just in a, a few moments of silence, I want you to think about what some of those motivations might be and what, what caused those motivations for you. Okay. So what are some possible determinants of motivations that research tells us? Well, one from hard science is DNA, right? Some things about us are just hardwired into us, right? Some have to do with your age. Younger people, uh, teenagers, early 20s, turns out their motivations and the way they view the world is a little different than when you get to your early and mid-30s. I don't know about as you get a little bit older, I can't speak to those things from personal experience yet, uh, but and observing and kind of how my parents and other uh, people who are a little bit older than me, the things that they say they care about, they're different than what I care about in my early 30s, right? Relationship status, whether or not you're in a significant, uh, serious relationship, whether or not you're married, right? I recently had my one year anniversary on Monday, um, and so I can tell that my motivations as a person have changed now that I have a wife, and now that I think of myself as being part of a family unit, rather than this lone hero all by myself, right? My motivations and the things I care about are different. For example, one basic thing is job security, right? I really care about each year being able to help play my part in providing for my family. Education, right? The type of education and level of education that you have often influences your motivations as well. Uh, before I entered uh, academia, before I entered uh, higher education, I had no motivation to be a professor because I didn't know what a professor was or did, really, right? And then as if I've learned more about the world through social science and hard science, my motivations and the things that, the way I want to direct my attention have changed as I've learned more about the condition of the people around me and what actually tools we have as humans to help them. Gender, right? This is something that in 2019 is maybe uh, a little bit controversial, but there's some evidence that men and women um, and, and people of different genders, they're motivated differently sometimes, right? So not all of our motivations are exactly the same across genders all the time. Labor market, right? So if going to be a public servant paid you $5 a year and being in the private sector paid you 500000 those are different determinants of what's going to motivate you, right? So there's these labor market aspects. If you can't get a job in the industry you'd like to be in, all, you sort of change your ideas about what you want to do, and it has an influence on your motivations. Right? Social class is another. If you come from either a low, middle, or high class uh, from society, these things impact what you how you view the world and what your motivations are. Just to take a clear-cut example, if you're born to a high-class family and you have access to wealth, maybe you don't have to worry about getting a high income as much as someone who comes from a lower class and has less access to wealth. Another in that same vein is your family income. In your parents' occupation, the way your parents were socialized into their careers and their professions, and then how they taught you from you were knee high to uh, what to care about, right? So your parents' occupations in part could be motivation uh, driving your motivations. 
Again, your own income. Another thing we're going to look at today is your own culture. Um, the way that uh, I view things as an American is different maybe than how you view things as a Taiwanese, which is different than um, Vietnamese, which is different than Chinese, which is different than Japanese, which is different than Canadian, which is different than Mexican. Our cultures shape in large part who we are and what we care about. Right? Same thing with the nation of origin, which can be uh, coupled with but also distinct from culture. Your own work experience, which is something we're going to talk about today. Have you been a supervisor? Do you have a long history of work? Once you've been in these organizations for a, a while, sometimes they affect your motivations differently, which is something that we're going to see from the empirical evidence today as well. And others that you might come up with. Anybody want to share? All right, I'm going to go and study you into silence. Okay. So the final uh, questions I want you to think about, and then we're going to jump into the studies. So you have different types of motivation. You have different, uh, different things that motivate you. And you have different things that influence those motivations. So what we're going to look at today is different sets of motivations and different things that might influence those levels of motivations. All right? And these are going to be the questions that have informed the papers. And... Um, it, and the question is going to be, is it the case that those of you who are choosing to work in the public sector are motivated different and have different beliefs about the world than those in the private sector? And if your motivations are different, what are the relative importance of the different factors driving your motivations? We're going to be interested, I'm interested in this for a couple of reasons. One is to understand just big picture what drives public sector employees to do their jobs because it's going to have significance for how they do their jobs and what, and what types of behaviors we can expect of them. But to all of you who may also be interested in research but may be going to work in government, you, if you go do that for a long enough time, you're likely to be a manager. right? And so some of these are giving you evidence for what types of tools might be useful to motivate the people who are working with and for you. All right, so the three papers that we're going to work through today. Um, the first one is titled Attitudes About Hard Work, A Global Perspective on the Beliefs of Government Employees. This was my first foray into this literature. You'll see that it is relatively narrow focused on one specific belief about the world and what that means for how people make decisions. And then we're going to spread out from there to a paper uh, come out uh, a year later called International Comparison of Public and Private Employees, Work Motives, Attitudes, and Perceived Rewards. Uh, this has been, uh, of the papers that I have published, has received the most attention, uh, so you can decide today if it's also interesting to you. But in this, we look at 30 different countries and how people are motivated differently to work in the private or public sector across 30 different countries. Uh, the U.S. and Taiwan are both included, so we'll see how they stand out compared to the, to the other countries in the list. But that paper is going to leave us with some questions that we're going to address in the final paper that came out last year in 2018 that is titled Sector Differences in Employees' Perceived Importance of Income and Job Security. And in this paper, we're going to directly account for, directly control for statistically, things like culture. We're going to have measures of culture. We're going to have uh, signals for what occupation you work in because it might be different whether you're a public-private lawyer versus a public-private physician, versus a public-private trash collector, right? All of these occupations might play a big role 
in your motivations as well, as much as whether or not you work for the government or private sector. And we're also going to look at economic conditions within countries to see if they help explain some of these motivations. You might imagine in a relatively poor company, a company, a relatively poor country, that uh, the public sector might be access to a good, high-paying job that you couldn't get in the private market. So people working in the public sector might really be motivated to make a lot of money by going to work in the public sector. Whereas in the U.S., for example, uh, public sector jobs don't pay as well, particularly at the higher, mid and higher levels as private sector. And so the, the, income, the motive to go to the public sector to make a lot of money isn't the same, uh, given the strength of the private market and the access of resources in the private market. All right. Studying attitudes about hard work. So for each of the studies, I'm going to give you what we were looking for, what we found, and then one or two tables to highlight the statistical findings. Wasn't sure what all your familiarity would be with uh, statistical techniques, so I'm going to kind of gloss over those. But if you have more questions about the details of them at the end, I'm happy to dive into some of the specifics of the modeling and what some of the problems were that we, uh, that we encountered. So for this first paper, we look at the effect of sector, and sector is whether or not someone works in the public sector, specifically for government, or whether someone works in the private sector. Um, and whether or not they are supervisors or not supervisors. Right? The way this is going to be measured with our data is just did you report uh, being a supervisor, but do you have anyone that you manage? Are you kind of at the bottom end or you mid-level management or upper-level management? Do you have anyone that you're responsible for? And in this study, we use data from 32 different countries, and we use data from the International Social Survey Program. If you're at all interested in international comparisons and motivations, this data is free. Um, it is publicly available, and it is uh, very, very nice, very nice, clean data. And we look specifically at the 2009 Social Inequality Module. And we use that because it has the question we care about. And what we looked at with the study is whether or not people work in the public sector versus working in the private sector blame people more for their life outcomes, all right? And the idea, the question that we use is this role of hard work, right? And so the question that we're going to, that we look at for differences across uh, public and private workers is how do you respond to this question? How important is the role of hard work in getting ahead in society? It's a one to five scale with five being uh, essential, the most important, and then it getting less important as you uh, have lower numbers. And the idea behind this research was people that really believe that hard work is essential, that it's the only thing that is determinant of success, they'll be more harsh in providing services to people. Because if hard work is all that really determines your life outcomes, why should the government be there giving you social insurance? Why should the government be there helping you find a job? Why should the government be there helping provide you with income insurance and basic needs of assistance, right? And so the concern was, or the idea was, that if public sector workers really believe in this idea that everything is up to you, it's about how hard you work, then they're likely to deny benefits to people more regularly than they should. So what do we find in this paper? Well, we find that that's not true of government workers. The people who really think that you're responsible for your own destiny, that really think it's really about hard work for how you survive and how you get ahead in life, 
is these government supervisors. Excuse me, these are the private sector supervisors. There's the people that have succeeded in the private sector, right? And this kind of fits with our stereotypical thoughts about these people. Um, and there's these classic uh, Hollywood movies where you know the CEOs and the people at the top of private sector companies are greedy. And they talk about how they made it all on their own and why is everyone just not made it as, as great as they have, right? And that's what we find in, uh, in our work. So I'm going to refer to this over here. You can see a couple of, uh, of boxes. And I know that you probably can't read this in the back. But what I want to draw your attention to is we ran a series of four different statistical models with different variables that might account for someone's motivate, uh, belief about whether, um, whether or not hard work is as how you succeed in life. And so if you look at the first model here, on both sides, first little rectangle there, you see there's a little star by it and it's negative, right? That means that government workers less believe in this idea that hard work is how you get ahead. Controlling for all of these other things, including super, whether or not you're a supervisor, how many hours you work, whether or not you're male or female, your age, your education, your, whether or not you claim to be a Protestant, whether you're from an Anglophone country. All of these other variables in the statistical model are taking into account other factors that might be a determinant that might drive your motivation. And just to kind of, we're not going to spend a lot of time on them, but other things that impact people's belief about whether hard work is how you get ahead or not are things like your weekly work hours, which you can see over here. Uh, Things uh, and things like being from an Anglophone country. The rest of these things aren't particularly significant. Now, as we move across, we add some more variables in these models. And what I want to highlight is in the fourth model, which is the one on the far right here. I've highlighted a couple of boxes for you. And again, this is showing that private non supervisors, all this is going to be relative to private supervisors. So people who work in the private sector and manage people. These categories are going to be compared to them. So private uh, non-supervisors, government supervisors, and government non-supervisors all buy into this notion that, uh, buy in less to this notion that uh, hard work is the only way to get ahead. And so we were happy to see this because it suggests that, um, that government workers aren't sort of out on the extreme of really punishing people because they don't think they believe that they deserve the benefits that government is giving to them. Interestingly, um, just mostly as a point of interest for you, this table here looks at the overall average by all the countries that we have in our data set. Uh, how strongly do they believe that hard work is the, is the most important or hard work is how you get ahead? And given my own home country and where I am today, it's of note, I think, that in the top three, we have New Zealand, then we have the U.S., and then we have Taiwan. So our cultures really buy into this idea that hard work is how we get by, right? Okay, so that's study one. And you'll notice that we just focused on this one belief, which may or may not have been what you expected me to talk about. It certainly doesn't talk about the importance of income, of serving the public, of organizational commitment. Just one sort of initial foray that got us into this question. There's no easy way to examine differences across countries. We control for countries, but you can't look to see within individual countries how or what were the differences across public and private workers 
across all the countries, which may be of some interest to it. It might be that even though there's a general trend, that it's very different from the U.S. to Taiwan to France to England, right? Maybe they're really different. Maybe some other cultural context matter. We looked at Protestant, we looked at Anglophone, but there are uh, other things about culture that we might think would play a role in uh, determining people's motivations. And there was no easy way to compare across occupations. I didn't highlight this a moment ago, but we limited this sample to only a few occupations of what we call helping professions. That way we were comparing kind of apples to apples across, across public and private sector. So the study I was just mentioning, we limited to only occupations where people had direct care, direct provision of helping people on the ground, because we were curious if there were differences within the same types of jobs, but across the public and private sector. So these are all limitations of study one. Study two, international comparisons, and we're going to look at work motives, attitudes, and perceived impacts. So in this study, we look at four different uh, dependent variables, four different motivations or perceptions. And these are going to be public service-oriented motives, your perception of the social impact of your job, how motivated are you to have a high income, and your organizational commitment. And in this study, we're looking at about 18,000 public and private employees total across 30 countries. We again use the International Social Survey Program, which again, if you need to do survey research on these motivation questions, this, this, uh, these data are free and very high quality, I think. It allows you to look at things internationally. And we use a different module. Uh, it's a 2005 work orientation module. We use this module instead of the other one because it has the questions with you. Okay? Since then, there's a new uh, module out in 2014 that has these same questions. We have not reanalyzed this data. It would be really interesting to see that these attitudes have changed over the last nine or ten years. Okay, so what we do in this paper is we run regressions. We run uh, statistical regressions for each country, each of the 30 countries individually. And then we look to see if there's a significant difference between public and private employees in each country. And we control for a number of other individual factors. I'll show you this big uh, hideous table here in a moment. But before we go there, what we did before we ran the regressions is we did simple t-tests. Difference of means test, just by comparing the different responses to the questions without taking anything else into account. Can we find some general trends? So in public employees, in 28 of the 30 countries, when we did our difference of means test, 28 of the 30 uh, uh, nations, uh, public sector workers in those, expressed higher levels of public service-oriented motives compared to private sector workers. Right? Maybe that's not a surprise. Public service is in the name of the motive. But this is the first time that we've looked at this across globally to see if this actually holds in all these different national contexts. In 30 of 30 countries, so across every country when we look at the differences between public and private employees, public sector workers report that they see the impact of their job to society. Which I think is pretty amazing in 30 of 30 of the countries. In a majority of the nations, uh, public employees report having higher levels of organizational commitment. But as you'll see, uh, you can't really see an overwhelming trend here, as I'll show you in the table. Uh, and also in a slight majority, public employees report lower levels of importance of high income. Now again, all of these are relative to their private sector, uh, uh, private sector workers. 
Hartzik or Peters was the one I was thinking. Okay, so let's look at this big table, which uh, for those of you in the back, don't hurt your eyes. Sorry that, uh, that you probably can't see it. Um, but this is our table from our, our regression results. And so each of these numbers that you can see is a beta coefficient for our regression. All right? And, and this, this heading tells you what each of our dependent variables were. So this one is public service-oriented motives. That was our dependent variable, controlled for a number of individual characteristics. And then this was uh, public sector employees relative to private sector employees. So if it's a positive number, it means it's higher for the public sector employees. If it's a negative number, that means it's larger for the private sector employees. If it has stars by it, that means it's statistically significant. The more stars, the more significance. So, as you can see in public service-oriented motives, when you go down this list, not all of them are significant, but 27 of the 30 countries, it's positive. Um, and I'm not going to remember the off the top of my head, but it's like, I think, 19 or 20 of them are statistically significantly different. On this idea of, are you motivated to, put, to serve the public, okay? The next one is perceptions of social impact. You can see uh, at this one, there's only one negative, um, and a lot more of them are statistically significant with lots more stars, right? Only negative here, the only outlier is in Mexico. Right? And then we look at the importance of high income. And you can tell by looking down this column that uh, there's not nearly as many stars. So if there's not a star, that means there's not a significant difference, statistically speaking. But you can see that a lot of them, uh, a little bit more than half, are negative. So it's not as clear cut of a case here globally that there's a trend um, for the importance of high income. Okay? And then we can look at organizational commitment. And uh, it's pretty much all over the map. There are more positives than negatives in this column. So in general, uh, public sector employees express slightly larger amounts of organizational commitment. But it's not anywhere approaching the level of significance and consistency of our earlier dependent variables. Okay. So the takeaway from here, uh, the least our takeaway was that it looks like that public sector individuals really report having these public service oriented motives more so than those in the private sector. Maybe again, that's not a huge surprise, but we can show it across 30 countries. We show that people in the public sector really do believe and see the social impact of their jobs. And that while in the US, if you look down here at the bottom is Taiwan and the US. In the U.S., we uh, often found that importance of high income was less and organizational commitment was more. They're not significant in this study, but you can look at Taiwan here at the second from the bottom. And for uh, Taiwanese public servants, they do report being motivated to serve the public. They do see the impact of their jobs. They do report being less motivated by high income and they do report having high levels of organizational commitment. Again, all compared to your private sector peers. But there's still some things missing even from study two. Study two is missing cultural context, even though we looked at all these individual countries, maybe it's something about those countries that are driving some of the differences. And again, we still have this occupational context. 
So, uh, in the final study, uh, sector differences and importance of job security and income. We'll look at job security and income. Income shows up again. Job security for the first time in this research agenda. But in this time, we do a multi-level hierarchical model that allows us to look at things at with variables at the country level and also look at individual level variables. Uh, we have direct measures of occupation, culture, and national economic conditions. We use Gerber-Hofstadt's cultural dimensions. There are four of those that we that we include, and we use World Bank data um, for looking at the economic circumstances. Uh, this was only in 25 countries. Uh, it's because we merge data across all these different data sets. All the countries don't show up. Sadly, Taiwan does not show up in our World Bank data for this year. So um, Taiwan's not in this particular study. And our basic finding is after taking all of these things into consideration, we have individual level factors in this one as well, gender, age, education, income, occupation now is in here directly. Turns out that job security, even controlling for all these things with all these countries, is still very important to public sector individuals, whereas income completely goes away for there being a difference once we take into consideration cultural and national economic conditions. Here's a, I'll show you quick two tables. Again, we like running lots of statistical models. All you do is have to hit enter and state now, so it's really easy to run them. So we like to run a lot of them, try different combinations to see if our results are robust. And what you, the uh, main important thing I want to see, want you to see here, this is government worker, and this is for job security. Again, higher uh, positive significant values suggest that uh, public sector workers report higher levels of these things compared to private sector. You can see that they're significant across all our specifications for job security. There's some other things that I think of interest here as well. Age is negative, so as you get older, you care less about job security. Education, as is, is more education you have, the less job security you care about as well. Um, males care less about job security. Professionals care less about job security compared to others. So not just is this sector variable important, um, also, these individual characteristics about you are important, which is one of the things that we started with. You can also see these variables here are country-level variables, um, and I'll just point out one of the uh, cultural variables is this measure of individualism, and the more important your society places on individualism, the less those people uh, care about uh, job security. And you can see also that uh, this down here is employment rate and GDP. As they are better in the country, people care less about job security, which kind of makes sense. All right, in table six, this is uh, high income. And as you can see, what we don't control for all these uh, country uh, level variables, uh, public sector people do care less about high income. But once we're able to control for um, country level variables, professions, this goes away. And so this idea that public sector people don't care about income because they're getting to serve and help people just turns out not to be true when we take into account all these other relevant and important variables. What does all this suggest? Public employees report being motivated to serve the public. Uh, public employees believe their work impacts their society. Public employees do care about job security. In some contexts, public employees report higher levels of organizational commitment, but we did not find a certain kind of global trend here. Um, once appropriate factors are considered, the uh, motivations about high income go away. So public and private people equally care about making money. 
which isn't surprised, and surprising maybe at the end of the day. Um, and public employees seem to understand that factors other than hard work, going back to the first study, affect your outcomes. But us as, uh, as an American and as, as Taiwanese in general, we still really buy into this idea that we're determiners of our fate and that it's really what we do, not our cultural and our own backgrounds. And a number of individual factors matter as well, which is probably not surprising. So. All right, thank you so much for your attention. Thank <laughs> you.